Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland, you found country of green bushes and untouched nature. Tony, you're the ones with the dirty minds, not me. My heart is pure. I can live with myself. And Jonathan, on your content. Have you thought about fully repurposing your podcast content for socials? As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. Uh, howdy. I think is appropriate. Which emoji should we start with? The the there is a cowboy hat emoji, right? Yeah, let's start with the cowboy hat emoji. I think that's the correct one. A cowboy hat emoji. Howdy, partner. How's your fortress doing tonight? What? Well, that great. sounds like it's from a Billy Crystal movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is. What was that? That was Happy City Trail. Slickers. City Slickers. Thank you. Yeah. I knew it was something folksy. Hey guys. How you doing, everybody? Doing yeah. wonderfully. We're gonna just. We're just going to go ahead and, and get to yeah. it. Uh, right. So, agent topics of today. Let's go into the mailbag. Mailbag. All right. Let's start there. Shuffling through the letters. Yeah. Do you guys like my Foley work? Mailbag. Should we read the okay. one from the scammer? Should we start with that? No. No. We're, we're gonna, <laughs> well, that's going to be bonus content just for the... Oh, just yeah. the best for people. Best. The best. Live your best life. So, Benjamin Goldstein... Stein, Steen, I'm not sure which, him but Benny G. We're going to say Goldstein and uh, correct us if we're wrong. Benjamin uh, wrote in and talked about uh, a couple episodes ago. We were discussing stairs in Dwarf Fortress. I think it was the episode that that Willow was on. Of course, we've talked uh, about them several times. Controversial topic of stairs. But yes, I remember now. It was Willow who said that that they, whenever they would punch through the ceiling of the caverns, they now feel like that they have to. Drill off to mine off to the side, close that up, then approach the cavern from a side area where they can where they can successfully close it off. And Benjamin Goldstein said that uh that that's exactly what he does and asks how we built stairs before, or is it just the removal aspect of the stairs that we have problems with? And perhaps they misunderstood the problem. Uh no, I think that they understood the problem uh very well there. But what I did before it was if I punched through the ceiling and I would then come in from the side later, but we would construct a constructed staircase in the middle of the cavern room if, if we were able to do so. And at that point, you could then treat it just like a regular staircase. So that doesn't seem to work now, right? Uh, I've been using hatch covers and then I lock them. Hatch because covers? The stair- yeah, the stairway seems to continue to exist. Because uh, my first thing was I would, when I punched through into the cavern below, I would put flooring over it. But then I think if you put flooring on it, then it just leaves a hole in the ceiling above and there's no stairway to connect it. So I think a hatch cover seems to solve that problem without stranding the doors. If you does put a floor sense? there, it, it does. If you put a floor there, whenever you are in the cavern below looking upward, is that still open to the floor above? I mean. In the real world, that wouldn't be, but in Dwarf Fortress land, can yeah, things still fly up if there's a floor there? I think or, I think no. if it's a floor, they can't fly up, but then the dwarves can't get up to the floor above them anymore because you've just, by yep. building the floor, you destroy the stairs. Yep. But the cool thing was you could also just um, use an up staircase, which ultimately uh, closed off this space. Okay, how do I uh, explain this correctly? Up, down. Uh, staircases the single up down staircase would punch a hole down and have half a stair up with that mm. half stair you could not reach the uh, the level above you and with the half stair down you could not reach the level below you but there was a hole in the ceiling so something could fly up to the staircase and walk through and you could build a uh, half a staircase up on top of that removing the hole in the ground while mm-hmm. still remaining with half a staircase, which then connected to the staircase that went further up. Uh, this totally straightforward. I can't believe that's not still part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we learn, we learn. 
I like the idea of having the advanced mode button for the steps. And this is a one case where doing an audio podcast really doesn't doesn't work as well because this would be good to have a diagram to try to show people because saying this <laughs> audibly is a little tough. And there are plenty we, of uh, yeah, there are plenty of of uh, Reddit and things like that of people who have diagrammed it out. Yeah, there's, the there's, old, a lot of, the there's a lot of good work done on this, so you you needn't suffer in silence, folks. And Benjamin, uh, I still recommend hatch covers. Yeah, true. Yeah. And Benjamin, don't feel bad because uh, it is a more complicated topic than it seems like it should be, apparently, and it is hard to describe. So we may have <laughs> yes. not even have described it well whenever we did it the first time. And that's a good chance that that's what confused you. <laughs> but so thanks for Benjamin, sending an email in. And if you're more confused now than when you started. I feel as though we've done our jobs. <laughs> that is exactly what, what what we probably just did. Yeah. So, yep, Benjamin, thanks for sending in the email. And thanks, let's move to the next one. What do you say? <clears throat> Dear Dwarf Gods. Oh, this is from, uh, from Nick. Uh, okay. Nick says, Dear Dwarf Gods. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Nick. That's nice. Thanks, Nick. I yeah. like it. I feel really good. I don't know if it's the I- caffeine in my coffee or being called a Dwarf God that it's like got my head all spinning now, guys. This is great. You are four. Thank you, Nick. Uh, So anyway, Nick says, Dear Dwarf Gods, I've been listening to your podcast backwards recently from episode 74. I'm currently listening to episode 61, and you guys gave me an idea for a Steam Workshop mod that I'd like to share with you. The Singed Metal Bloodline Fort, particularly. Particularly. Wow. That's easier to write than say particular. Well, how do you think it's going to sound backwards? I have not been drinking, I promise. (laughs) It's going to sound weird when you say it backwards, when he listens to it. (laughs) <laughs> Icular ib. I, I don't know how it's going to sound. Anyway, anyway, multiplayer backwards. seems kind of impossible in this game. Mm-hmm. But no. what about the option to have multiple people? Let's say four players max can spectate one fort together, all their own view window, and can spectate different things in the map. And one person has the controls. Then the next step would be making it possible to pass the controls of the fort from one of the other three players. I guess this he's talking about a. Uh, 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 steam workshop mod to to mechanize what's the word for it i've, I've always called them bloodline fortresses but uh, uh i think it sounds awesome session uh, nick if you build it i'm downloading it sounds pretty fun uh i would i would say one caution is the ability to do mods is pretty limited in a lot of ways like there's there's some things you can you can't do and i think like big changes like that i i wonder but you never know, man. Motivated people, creativity, yep. a little whiskey. I mean, the, you never the, know. What's other programmers happen. than me. I, I believe know. the real question would simply be: How do you string together the different PCs? You know, because you have it run on one machine, but several other are spectating on probably their own machines. Otherwise, you just sit in a room, and then somebody gets up, and somebody else gets into the chair. You know. Yeah, it sounds mm. like it'd have to be more of a client, uh, yeah. more like you know a a networking client, or as much a networking client as a Dwarf Fortress mod. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one, for yeah. sure. Not impossible. Like look what DF Hack can do. Like DF Hack does a lot. So who knows? I'd love sure. it. I download it. Look though, Nick, that's a great idea. And if you can figure out how to do it, we would definitely play it, review it, and I would love to see something like that. Sounds cool. Nick closes his letter with uh, greetings from the Netherlands. So greetings to you wherever you are in the Netherlands. And lastly, Nick, I would say try listening to the podcast in <laughs> forwards. forwards mode because I think <laughs> makes more sense, maybe yeah. it's better. It might make more sense. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not Dutch. You know, so. could be that Nick is in Mensa, and one of the exercises is to <laughs> comprehend things when they are played in reverse. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome. Thanks, Nick. I, I, I love the idea. I think it sounds super fun. And if you build it, please let us know because that, that is it. Or if it inspires anybody else to build it, cool. I do like the idea a lot of, of the Bloodline Fortresses. I think that you started one up with a couple people recently, uh, Roland. Yep. Didn't you? Is it still going yep. all right? Yep. Yep. How did it That's work? It's still going on. Um, okay. It is Distant Call. It is called Distant Call. And it is working well, even though there is a lot of angry birds around the map um, because we're in like a 
very savage biome. So we we cut you cut one tree and you get like angry birds, angry animals rushing into your fortress. But thank God I do it with Tekkit because that man knows what he's doing and he's actually protecting the entrance and build like a wall made of iron blocks. So I can sit here, twiddle my thumbs and uh, kiss my militia goodnight while we don't actually have to use them. So that's pretty good. Don't you need like the special kind of angry bird to break through the iron wall, like the big, like the like the corpulent yellow one or something that like smashes through it, or is that a different oh, one of the uh, angry birds? Oh, yeah. <sighs> okay, I got that reference. Um, it's also not the yellow one is triangled. Um, okay, yeah, it seems like a big a big boy that might be able to break through his tech's iron walls. I, I do really feel like a green pig sometimes when I play that game. I, I get nothing done, and then it's like, scratch, scratch, and there's an angry bird again. And I'm like, okay. Well, I'm going to tune into Tech Kids Angry Birds channel to get some hot tips. So. Yep. Uh, there's also cool forest fires going on. Um, so you should definitely check that out. Uh, but in, in general, succession forests awesome. can be really, really fun. Um, I just feel like I rather need like a bigger plan on what I'm actually going to do, like what my part in the fortress is, because if you start shuffling and like putting your hands all over the fortress and doing everything at once, which I usually do when I play alone, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's a different play style, but it's cool. Yeah. You don't want to be working at cross purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not aligned, then like you build something and then the other player comes in and ignores it or, resources reallocates the materials to something else and you're kind of like fighting against each other rather than working together um i haven't had a lot of luck with them um have you guys like how's how's it been in the past like i found you know we'll start but then it can somebody will just not not take their turn or take weeks and then i forget and then i'm like i don't know what i'm doing anymore administration seems to me to be the hang-up for bloodline fortresses for succession fortresses and what i've had for the idea to do it was uh and it's not an in-game thing it is uh a, basically a website that you can sign up for if you want to participate in the succession fortress uh, you get an email whenever it's your turn and you have two weeks to finish your year and if you don't finish your year the next person in line gets an email and they pick up you basically lost your turn if you don't get it resubmitted in the two weeks or whatever the time that you agree on and that way the next person in line can pick it up and and go with it maybe two weeks is too long but you know what i'm yeah, saying you'd have that to way it will keep it moving and it won't be held up by one person and it's a machine that's that's you know being mean to people and not a person who's not wanting to make anybody <laughs> mad well i'll tell you what that idea that nick's of nick's mod i'm going to start calling it nick's mod uh um, okay I, you know i wonder you do it outside the game like like uh like DF hack and, and it knows where the save games are and it can automatically bundle and send the save games or something. I, I, I think there's a really, actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, that, you know, that's pretty neat, but well, it would it, like be an external app, I think. And here's, here's where the mod could be. And I don't know that this would be too tough at the end of a year. It gives you a stop and it says, okay, you have finished your time. It's time to, to, hit this button back up the save and, and resubmit it to the, to the group. And perhaps you can even like have it be the next person gets a password to start the next year or something like that. But, but have the game itself say, okay, you're done. That's the end of your uh, year. Send it back. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think there's something there, but I, yeah, I'm thinking companion program now. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like a companion, companion program that would also like, if, if we don't modify the game too much, even a companion program that kind of instantly copies your save files and uploads them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the, the moment your year... That would make it easier. Or, or whatever uh, is done. Um, you just click on, I'm done. And then the next person gets notified. Your uh, folder gets automatically uploaded. And the mm. next person can click on start playing. And then it downloads the correct folder. And then you can... That would be, that would be really cool. Yeah, that, thanks, Nick. Let's just get somebody. Somebody should write Nick's companion mod. That sounds amazing. Yeah, somebody write this down. Program. Somebody write this down. Nick, Nick, do you have it? Well, Nick? I'll tell you what. I Is will it? not archive that email. I will put it 
back in the inbox uh, for future yeah, consideration because it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the more you sit with it, the the more fun that is. I wonder if that would even make it easier because I bet part of the problem is like, where are those damn save files? You know, like it's it's cumbersome. <laughs> so, like it is. So Nick, a year from now, whenever this program is on Steam, uh, you can look up a uh, Nick's Succession Fortress mod, and uh, yeah. and and. Maybe Nick didn't write it, or maybe Nick does write it. I, I'm not sure what Nick's. Uh, somebody else writes is, it, and they don't yeah. call it Nick's we'll Succession see. Fortress mod. We're gonna send some goons after you. <laughs> We're uh, gonna report them to the EFF, and then the EFF will go <laughs> after whoever it is. <laughs> the revered historian Andrew Campbell's ancient tomes unveil the tale of Elder Bim Licketjeb, the founding luminary of New Tower of Showing. Bim's essence contained two contrasting facets, drawing others close with warmth and compassion while grappling with analytical challenges and impatience. Amidst a sense of self-importance and a delicate equilibrium between martial admiration and personal aversion, Bim bore the weight of resolute duty. In his heart, a fervent ember of hope burned bright, guiding the path toward a future adorned with triumph and splendor. With unwavering determination, Bim carried the torch of conviction, inspiring kin to shape their destiny in the annals of history. These revelations, chronicled by Andrew Campbell, unravel the enigma of Elder Bim Licketjeb, the founding sage of New Tower of Showing. Urus from Norway oh, says, cool. Just wanted to point out that the reason you guys experienced dwarves leaving the borough designations is due to a setting that you can toggle that will allow or forbid the gathering of job-related materials outside of the designated borough. Been a long-time listener, first-time emailer. Thanks for providing me with a masterwork-quality DF podcast throughout 2022. Looking forward to many more episodes in 2023. When did this get... Oh, wow. This got set in January. Jeez. Sorry, man. (laughs) Five months late on this. Well, it takes a long time to get email from Norway because it's got to cross the ocean. So <laughs> really sorry about that. Sometimes yeah. things get lost in the cable. Yeah, it's been in a routing loop for, for ages, right? Sharks, yeah. Sharks attack the internet again. Yeah, and I think you know we've, we've, we've done less mailbag lately. That's very good observation. And I, just, I think DF Hack addresses this now, doesn't it? Have I you, think have it you does. played around with it? Yeah, yeah, it's got the don't let them leave button or whatever. <laughs> you can click yeah. it. I believe so. Hey, I, for one, am tickled pink that DF Hack is, is available and usable. And uh, man, I just love DF Hack. Hack is back. It, it is just make it, it just makes a lot of uh, crufty things that you have to do easier. And it makes the game more fun. And that's here, what here. it's all about. Here, I, I I'm certainly that. not a purist. Oh, I'll tell you. Can, can we can we um, take a quick diversion here Purist. on DF Hack? Sure, absolutely. Purist. Yeah, DF Hack. Top two things: that button that, that doesn't let them leave the burrow, pretty helpful. And the the button that uh, maybe maybe I'm just an, an idiot or, or whatever. But there's, I feel like there's, a, you know, how when you were putting down furniture or walls, you like put it and then you'd have to choose the material or the one that you wanted there. And, and, and maybe I'm an idiot uh-huh. here and you could always do that, but it seems like with DF hack now, you can basically just have it automatically grab the closest available option. So if you're putting down 12 chairs, you don't have to pick the material for all 12 chairs. You can just be like, go get whatever's easiest. Yeah. I think that was available. Love it. Was before. it, was it available before? Yeah. You know, what's really fun is, uh, you know, discovering things that are obvious to everyone, but being the last <laughs> one to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's actually really fun it's, it's sort of like you know taking delight uh, in, in something that yeah, everyone else knew i think that i think that if you choose the uh the option to keep Was building after placement oh there's, yeah and once, okay. once you do the key building after placement then it gives you the option to choose the closest one or, or pick the uh yeah the, see i thought that was a df hack i've just been i've been I've you may been, have noticed uh, it after df hack came into play yeah, yeah, I've, been chuckle, yeah I've been chuckles here all the time with uh, I've been I've been an idiot. So that's cool. It's fun. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun. Thing. So if it's not a DF hack feature, what what I do like the DF hack has added back is the planning mode, where you can choose to only put things in the room that are of you know exceptional quality or better. Oh bless! Mm. You can not have crappy, ugly stuff built by some apprentice carpenter that does a crappy job and makes 
three legs, one length and a, one leg the other length, and it's got a permanent wobble. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that in my tavern. No, you definitely yep. don't. No one's going to come to that tavern. I don't want my bedrooms. <laughs> my, I, I, I consider the bedroom mood uh, boost more important than the tavern mood boost. I could be wrong. It certainly gets you more dwarves in your fortress, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're correct. The bedrooms are really good, and they get their own personal room. I just really like looking at taverns because I always imagine what would it feel like how would it feel to actually sit in that tavern and listen to them and like watch out of my gem windows into the like dark unknown caverns below yeah i like my i like my taverns yeah they're they're really fun on the tavern thing i have a question so one thing i've done to keep visitors out of certain parts of my fort is i'll put a hallway and then i'll designate one or two squares of that hallway as a tavern that only citizens can go in. And then I've noticed visitors won't go past it. Does that actually work? Or am I seeing a placebo effect of some kind? Wait, come say again? again, please. So, you know, if you designate a tavern and you say it's only for citizens, right? Mm-hmm. If I put that in a hallway, nobody that's from outside the fort will cross that tile. Creatures will. Huh? But, but people don't seem to, because I was having a problem with things getting stolen. The one problem well, that they seem to have adapted is now instead of them taking it themselves, they'll co-opt a citizen to go steal it. But it bought me some time. Will oh. invaders cross it? Yeah. They, they <laughs> invaders don't definitely. care. And creatures will. Okay. Definitely will. But that's, a, that's interesting. I have to check that out. Yeah, see if it works, because what I noticed is I was having so many things stolen, and then I put that in. And then they couldn't, they just couldn't get to where I was storing my artifacts. And then like a year or so later, then all of a sudden my citizens started stealing stuff because somebody was like leaning into them, you know, it would be shame if something happened to your beautiful child kind of stuff seemed to be happening. Well, that would be a way to make a super secret area of your fortress that only fortress citizens could, uh, could approach. You could just yeah. basically block off the access with a, with a dummy tavern. Yeah. And no one seemed to gather there because maybe a couple of dogs or whatever, but. Otherwise, nobody else really did that. And the dogs get soaked pretty quickly if there's too many of them. So, sorry, dog lovers. Dogs get soaked? You know what I mean. Don't make me go there. <laughs> oh, gosh. You, 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 like, you put them in the, in the, like, the shower. I turn the excess of dogs into meatloaf and soap. Yeah, that's exactly what I... Yeah, yeah. And then you scrub your dog so he's yeah. clean. It doesn't stick not- anymore. Really soap him up, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm not proud of this, but, you know, it happens. And what are you going to do? You know, I'm not Bob Barker. I didn't have the dogs spayed and neutered like I should have done. And, <laughs> and you end up with an excess in a quandary, an ethical quandary. All right. So I think that is all of the unattended email and questions that we have. If I am mistaken, my email organization abilities have not been the uh, the greatest the last couple months. So, if I have missed your email, I I sincerely apologize. Please send us another email in to ask the question again, and we will get it on the podcast. Uh, and thank you everybody for sending in the emails. If you'd like to send an email, you can send it to urist at dfroundtable dot com. That's u r i s t at dfroundtable. Dot com. That sounded really good, by the way. I just wanted to compliment you on that. Oh, hey, thank you. you. Thank you. Can that maybe? Yeah, I, I think so one. too. It sounded incredibly professional. You do use your best radio voice. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Keep it. I just wanted to call that out. All right. So let's take a look at the weather forecast now. We got sunny skies. <laughs> <laughs> it's overcast here with a high of 50, which is 13 in Celsius. Possibility of blood rain. <laughs> In the annals penned by the revered scribe Old School Vidya, it is recounted that the late spring of the year 107 enveloped the hamlet of New Tower of Showing. Elder Bim, slumbering amidst the gentle patter of rain, delved into a dream reflecting upon the fortress's accomplishments during its first 18 months of existence. With steadfast determination, the dwarves erected the House of Healing, where skilled hands tended to the wounded and ailing. They adorned the realm with fine chambers, ensuring each resident found solace in their own abode. And under the capable leadership of Elder Eurist Ushergmer, they forged a martial force known as the Bridled Works, ready to defend their haven. 
the fortunes of New Tower flourished, and a sense of contentment prevailed. Yet, the revelation of divine purpose had not yet graced Elder Bim's consciousness, though he harbored no apprehension. For he possessed an unyielding faith that the unveiling of their great calling would come to pass. So it is etched in the Chronicles, woven by the quill of the great scribe, Old School Vidya. I still can't get over how, how dark my fortress might be. Like, it just, like, how are they getting around? Like, nobody, nobody's carrying candles. Okay, but Don't I you know um, dwarves have, have improvision, man. Is that, is that what's happening? Because I can see it, too. Just so you're thunder there, Roland? I, I was going to say that, yeah, okay, I get that stuff is not in the game, but then again, how do they fish, huh? I know that the, the humor section on the wiki tells me that they fish with their beard. Okay. Yeah. Very funny. Okay. Ha ha. But come on. They, they do have things to fish with. Uh, so the game literally does not tell you about certain things. And I can't get over the image in my head where people have candles in their beards, which is mm. an extreme fire hazard, but it's the like, <laughs> like a waxy dripping beard full of candles. Okay. Blackbeard the pirate was known for that. That, yep. that has a, that has a basis in <clears throat> pirate lore. It, it seems like a terrible idea, but Victorians also put candles in their Christmas trees, which also sounds pretty unsafe depends on how old that christmas tree is mm. and i suppose if you're in europe or something where it's wet at the holidays anywho uh not advocating for that i've now got a uh krug smash art piece in my head of a dwarf walking around with a candle in his beard yeah yeah like okay this will not tell you anything but maybe some of the listeners will know the kobolds from early world of warcraft had candles on their hats and then the the image of the cobalt is basically like he has like a mining helmet, and then the 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 drippy wax is like rolling down his skull, and uh, that is really fun, and I really like mm. that. So mm. that is what I have in my head. Just the, the the dwarves put candles on themselves, mostly in their beards, and then they run along. Yeah, I think we just have to use the, a little bit of you know, a, a little bit of, uh, imagination. imagination here. You know, it's like, it, you know, you, you watch star Wars and nobody's ever seen Chewbacca use the bathroom. Like, how does that work? Does he use a litter box? Does he go into the toilet? Like, I don't know. <laughs> we don't need box. to know. Like, you know what I mean? Like nobody's asking about that. But, uh, anyway, That's let's fun. move on. Let's move on. Chewbacca's Plump litter helmets. box. Plump, Plump helmets. helmets. Yes. Here, here's my, Here's my question and you can, you can, you can heckle me if this is straightforward. But so when I do an embark, I like one of my first things I do is I try to get my farm set up. And so I dig in the uncool soil, you know, the, the, the poor quality soil up at the first couple layers, draw a couple of little patches, get some little plumpies growing. And, uh, and, and very quickly I run out of seeds. And um, I've I've turned off cooking because I've heard cooking will destroy the seeds, right. and um, and so all they're doing is brewing. But I heard brewing preserves the seeds. But like after one run of this, I run out of plump helmet spawn. So you know I, I power through it by telling him to go gather whatever's on the surface, and then you know punch into the cavern layers, and then let the muck grow, and then I go harvest more seeds from the you know like you you create sustainable forests, but but I mean, like, what am I doing? Why am I running out of plump helmet spawn? Why am I having to, you know, scramble and have these, like, these time periods? Because I don't remember that being a problem in the older versions. Oh, hmm. I, it was a big problem for me in pre-50. Really? But I, I learned oh. the, uh, I, I learned the, uh, well, maybe it was overpopulation with just one tile of seeds. But yeah, it, it was, I did have feeder stockpiles for seeds set up. And some would have no barrels and and that kind of thing, but uh, no, I've not really run into that with the uh, with version fifty myself. I don't depend on plump helmets nearly as much anymore as I used to. I uh, I stopped building the dirt farms is just a matter of course, and I have started collecting plants from outside and and getting more fruit. So my dwarves depend more on gathering than they do on plump helmet farming now. Okay. Okay. So you're getting past it with gathering. What are you, what are you doing, mm -hmm. Rolander? What do you think I'm doing wrong? 
Hmm. Okay, I'm thinking. Did you? So you actually do run out of plump helmets, like in general, you have yeah, zero plump yeah, helmets. all zero, and and I'll go to to plant the fields, and they'll leave them fallow because it'll say plump helmet, no seeds. I'm like, well, where 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 are you putting them, guys? Uh, okay, so do you have a extra seed stockpile? No, should I be making seed stockpiles? I I'm not sure if it's needed, but I am a how you say I'm a collector of food items so I very often have like over 10k food items just laying around and that means I really have to make stockpiles for everything so mm-hmm. that my food stockpile is not like pushing out seeds so I always have an extra seed stockpile which also slightly reduces the amount of um like walkway that your dwarves have if you see stockpiles right next to the underground farms, but whatever. And I noted that that actually gives me the ability to collect and store a lot more seeds because the seeds do not have like a storage problem with the rest of the food stuff where you have a lot of food stuff in general and then the seeds just kind of fly around your map. It could also be that your food stockpiles are fairly full and or that you do not have enough barrels or storage pots. And then sometimes your dwarves will not go and actually harvest the plump helmet and it will wither on the farm plot. And that will remove the seed because now that is inedible oh. and the seed just goes. So they need to keep making them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I wonder if something's withering. Okay. Good to know. So I'm going to try the seed stockpile thing and see if that solves my, if that solves my dilemma. Yeah. And technically you don't need that much space because they put the seeds in bags and the bags in a barrel. Mm. And even in my biggest fortress, in one of my longest fortresses that I have running right now, I have like four barrels uh, at all. And uh, three of them are full which is still a ridiculous amount of seeds. But I'm just saying like a, like a tiny six by six is already too much for a seed stockpile. You can very easily do it like three by three uh, and just put it somewhere instead of a farm plot. So you always have a special place to collect your seeds. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give that a go. Cool. Awesome. I'm, I'm sure that's it. Hopefully. I'm confident that's it. I was totally muddled though because I was like, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not letting them use the the drink. The other trick they were doing is using the drinks that they would make to make food, which is which is not cool. So they would use the dwarven wine to make dwarven wine loaves or dwarven wine roasts, and uh, run me out of run me out of liquor pretty quick. So like, don't cook the liquor, guys. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. That's why I started linking stockpiles to the kitchen. And then I have two kitchens. One kitchen is the kitchen where I make food. And the other is just to render fat. And the render fat doesn't take in any work orders. It just is right next to the butchery shop. Mm-hmm. And the other is linked to the specific uh, stockpiles that I want, which also, by the way, enables me if I close the door and the whole thing, it enables me to sometimes actually cook royal jelly. And I'm very proud of that. Oh, the bee stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah I I know that you're supposed to have better luck or better productivity whenever you build a farm plot in the caverns. Yeah. I don't like the aesthetics of that, though. It's it's this this farm plot in the middle of a of an open room. I like to have oh, my farm plots tucked out of the way. You, you don't have to put them in the in the caverns directly. They're more talking about muddied stone, so you don't have to go into the actual caverns and like do it there. Uh, finding a stone layer that is no longer actually in the soil layer, but below the soil layer, and then muddying the stone also counts yeah. as caverns. So that is good enough. And then you can, I thought yeah, that you it was. Can, you can do it square. I thought it was that you had to that to get the benefits of the increased productivity that you needed to go to a cavern and find a, a mossy place in the cavern to build your farm plot. Nope. Hmm. Um, the way it is phrased can be, uh, yeah, difficult because that is just called cavern. But mm. yeah. An aside here. 
I was at a business lunch the other day and the person knew that I was involved in a podcast. He didn't quite understand how a game podcast would work whenever you aren't playing the game at the time that you're making the podcast. It's not a playthrough. Uh, I said, no, we're just discussing discussing the game. And he's a Dwarf Fortress player as well. And was like, so you have that much to talk about? You've done, what, 85 episodes now? And you don't have playthroughs? <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's really what we do. We just, we just talk about the game, and we talk about our experiences with it. So, Well, I mean, was there was... Yeah, we, we did that, didn't we? A couple, play yeah. We did actually sit down and play the game, so we also yeah. did that. Yeah, well, it didn't work very well. <laughs> yeah, it's right. <laughs> when Adventure Mode comes back out, though, I want to try um, again. to do another yeah. one of those, do that again, yeah. and... and and maybe we'll do a Twitch stream or something on it. We uh, we do have a Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Twitch channel. There's just never been anything on it. <laughs> well, I think stream. streaming the game is tough. I think I, I don't know. I, I think there's a demographic a demographic that that enjoys that, and that's cool. I'm glad it's there. But I'm not. To me, it doesn't necessarily yeah. lend itself well to it because everything takes a long time. And sitting there watching somebody else like get their farms running and stuff. I, it, to me, it feels sort of like watching paint dry. But um, <laughs> hey, man, to each their own, you know. Well, let, let people like things. It's mine. To me, it's more interesting than watching paint dry. It's so interesting that I can't have Roland's stream on in the background whenever I'm trying to get work done <laughs> because I won't get yeah. any work done. I'll look at Roland's stream. I can Aww. I can have a baseball game in the background. I can have football in the background. I can have a lot of things in the background, but. Roland's Dwarf Fortress streams I can't do. There's Roland's been several Dwarf times. Fortress stream sounds a lot better than baseball <laughs> to me. To, to watching baseball, to be honest. So I'm like, I don't care what he could. He could be having lunch and just having it run by itself, and I'd still think I'd put it over watching TV baseball. But hey, okay. Well, there's been three or four times that I've dropped in on Roland in the middle of a of a stream, and I'll be there for 30 minutes, and I'll be like, dude, I got to take off out of here. I'm getting no work done. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I uh, love it. it. It's the, the comments you'll have to hear. In the enchanting verses sung by Bard Adrian Rosas, the tale of New Tower of Showing unfolds. Within its walls, the death sect of ashes gathers devotees, calling for a temple and priest. Elder Bim, leader of the citizens, commands the construction and furnishing of this sacred abode. Simultaneously, in the skilled hands of Udnan Koldakbar, a masterpiece is born, a flawless Morian named Spoil Feasts, the Squashed Vanishment. Adorned with octagon-cut Morians, this artifact of utmost craftsmanship is generously gifted to the fortress government, the Violet Rack, finding its revered place in the Faded Temple. Elder Bim contemplates the profound presence of the Death Sect of Ashes, with nearly half the Hamlet's residents embracing the worship of death. This realization prompts introspection, as Bim appoints Udnan Alith Ramler as the Holy Skull of the Fated Temple. Thus resounds the song of Adrian Rosas, the bard who weaves these tales. Next topic. We haven't said this on the on the show yet, but we're going to go ahead and start our summer hiatus. Uh, after the release of this episode, we'll be back somewhere around um, uh, Labor Day, I suspect. Oh, Labor Day for, in the Ooh. U.S. That would be the... Yeah. The first weekend of September, I believe, or maybe it's the last weekend of August. Somewhere in that neighborhood, don't change your schedule for the release of our podcast episode because we have a tendency to not stay on schedule sometimes. But Before you change your clocks back. Yeah, yeah. In October. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we no, did November. <laughs> typically, we will take two, two breaks during the year. One will be in the summer and one will be around somewhere around Thanksgiving, uh, U.S. Thanksgiving and Christmas and and New Year's. But uh, we skipped that this time because version 50 was released and there has been a lot of activity in the Dwarf Fortress community because of that. And so I wanted to ask the question, now that we've had about six months with the game, Roland, Tony, do you think that the game is better now than it was in version 4705, I think was the final pre-50 version. Uh, let me let me say that another way as well. Do you think it's more fun to play now, or was it more fun to play before? You want to you want to jump mm, on Roland? this, one, Roland? Yeah, that that actually is a good question. Yes. Um, 
Hmm. I should I have mean, warned you too, because I actually went back and spun up 4705 and played for a few hours. So, just oh, oh to no, I, I, I do remember my my memory is actually good enough for that. But it's sure. hard to say because I I believe I looked at the game in a slightly different tone because they're okay. Yes, I sometimes did play with the tile sets. But I kept switching them, and I imagined my dwarves in a specific way. And sure, sometimes you read their description, and then you're like, ah, okay, I I get it. But sometimes I read the description kind of wrong, or I got it wrong, or whatever. And and then I had a very different image of the dwarf in my mind, and now I I kind of see the dwarf and whatever. And uh, so this is what we now see. I don't want to say has taken away some of my artistic ability to imagine them because it didn't but it has definitely influenced the way i see my dwarves before there were very like dark fantasy gritty dwarves and now they're a little bit lighthearted and nicer because the textures that i just see are nicer beyond that beyond the we now can get to actually see things i do believe that it has become very different to play. The, sure, the first months of us trying were basically like, oh, God, I don't know how to play anymore. <laughs> um, which, yeah, okay, okay. Stop making fun of me, man. <laughs> oh, no, I'm also making fun of myself because I, I sat here and I yeah keep clicking still. I keep clicking buttons and then I say to myself, Roland, that is the wrong version. These are not the buttons anymore. You don't have to click them. And uh, sure, some things have slowed down tremendously. Okay, the bedrooms faster than before, but the clickety-clickety-clickety-clickety-click that we did before, man, man, it had it had a character, you know? It had- I'm with you. I found that very satisfying. Yeah, Tony, I, I, I don't believe you agree that that was satisfying. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't... I, I liked both. I mean, I played the game a lot when it was in that mode and I like a lot of the changes. I, I I guess I wasn't as, you know, I don't think I was as impacted. I I just kind of rolled with the punches a bit. I I really like the tile set. There were things about the old version that I found kind of, kind of a little tedious that, that they've sorted out in the new version. I would say the one thing that kind of dooms me in the current version is that I feel more removed from the game because it's much harder, I I guess for me to see the announcements that come up. So quite yeah. often I'll miss combat. Like there'll be like, I'll be down in the caverns, like fixing a magma fortress or digging some tunnels out or whatever and, and doing some exploration. Meanwhile, up in the tavern, somebody has gone crazy and killed two people. And I just, I never see it until I go up and I'm like, Oh God, there's bodies around. What the hell? So, you know, I, I and I know people have talked about ways to solve that and stuff. And I, you know, I haven't looked into it modified my announcement.txt or anything like that. Um, so I'm sure it's solvable, but like that's the one part that I think isn't as great is just the the kind of fact that you're much more removed from the day-to-day than you used to be. And I'm sure that was a choice, but, it, you know. Well, well happily, it wasn't. happily, the game's not finished. So, and... <laughs> yeah. And, well, no, and, and that, I don't think it was a finishing thing. I think it was a decision that was made. Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah, I think to 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 kind of I think it was a decision that was made to make it feel less micromanager. I feel like that was advice that was given by somebody. And so I they suspect, were like, okay. I mean, that was one of the outcries when it was released. So I suspect that that is going yeah, I think to it might be, be re, 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 re-implemented reevaluated. Just, yeah, and I and I you know, I'm like by all means, don't just flip it back. Like I I can see why people might like that, especially if you're just getting to know the game you know, and learn it. You don't want to be bogged down by every, like, I can understand why it would be done, but it would be neat if it was more configurable. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty small, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. I think overall there's, the game has been improved. My undercurrent though, is now don't come wrong. I love the new graphics, but I did enjoy tile set bouncing. And I don't know if we, if that is even possible with the new, are the, so I don't know if either of you have dug into the folder structure of Dwarf Fortress version 50, but are the graphics tile sets done in the same manner that they were before? No. No. Yeah. 
So it may be more tough. It would be great to be able to have the option to bounce tile sets like we, uh, like we uh, did before. And I'm, I'm, I'm blending in tile sets and graphics packs because I'm not an expert at doing any of those things. And to me, it's all one blob of things that you see. Yeah. Uh, Because what we got now is it has a lot more detail because it Mm -hmm. has uh, layers, like layered graphics. So we, we get like a, a dwarf that is no longer just one graphic for this is a dwarf that is a milker, mm-hmm. but we do get the milker layer. We do get the hair layer. We got uh, we got the hair cut layer. We got the gender uh, base. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I'm not sure if they do actually have a, ba- a gender base. Scratch that. I think um, they do. So if you if you want to make a tile set you would need to work on a lot more things if you don't want a tile set that feels like crunched down from the originals, if you know what I mean. I don't. Mm. Please rephrase that. Okay. Uh, do you know those those like children books where you can make like a giraffe that has like a front of a giraffe and the middle of a lion and then the back of a porcupine? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of imagine it like this. Your dwarf is a mix made out of different uh, pictures. And if you want to make, again, a new tile set, of, or a graphic set in this case, that has the same depth as the current original one, then you need not to only make a dwarf, like one little pixelated image of a milk milker, uh, but you need to make a uh, an image of different hairstyles uh, and colors and right. uh, clothing colors and uh, maybe even the attire if you want to change how their clothing looks. And uh, then the, you have caps and gloves and blah, blah, blah. So uh, we went from we have one basically like a sprite because every milker used to look the same because it was just one sprite. And now we have, you have a palette of where you can switch up your little dwarf. And now he has like a giraffe head and a lion middle and a porcupine behind. So uh, you have to work yeah. a lot more to actually make a graphic set now. I, it is I, still get, possible. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. It is still yeah. possible. And at you some know, point we get it, but it is I think- a lot more work. I think during our hiatus, I'm going to try to play some Dwarf Fortress with in the ASCII graphics mode uh, with the version 50. Because with the improvements of the uh, user interface that that carry over to the non non uh, uh, pixel art graphics, uh, yeah, I think I'll give that a shot and see if it if it changes the way I feel about. No, don't get me wrong. No, I think it's better now. I did never say that. I think that version 50 overall is a much better experience than version 4704 was or 4705. But whenever I was playing it, I absolutely felt some nostalgia. If you can feel nostalgia for something that was six months ago. It's been some time we've got, and I think we've got, you know, probably given the way the release schedule works, like kind of a year until the next big release, probably. I don't know from the way that I think it was Putnam. But the way that someone was talking on either Reddit or Kip Fox or something, or something I read sounded like 51 or 52 wasn't that far down the road. Interesting. Interesting. I think that 52, I think is the number that I read. Don't quote me on that. Maybe 51. But I think that it's going to be uh, implementing uh, adventure mode. Um, I'll say. Okay. Yeah. That would be fun. Okay. That would be fun. Procedural Deep procedural game generation is definitely a hotness now. Um, there's a there's another big procedural game that just came out, a voxel game called Shadows of Doubt. That's like a procedural detective game, and it's got definitely feels like there's some dwarfy vibes in the in the DNA of it. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I don't have room in my life for more than two games. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I got two going at the time, and that's about it. Yeah, I've got Dwarf Fortress and I've got Doom, and that's pretty much uh, the the, the gaming slots in my schedule right now. <laughs> Legacy, 
A little bit, of, a little bit of Empire Earth on Saturday nights, right? So, mm, a little splash out for the weekend. Cool. Look, look, guys, I have a, uh, I have a hard out that I need to take here. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, again, we will be back after the summer hiatus, and we thank everybody for downloading and listening, and I'd like to especially thank the people who support us on Patreon that uh, that make it such a easy thing to uh, do financially. So. The uh, the tools that we're using, we really appreciate the patrons taking that load off of us. So thank you folks so much. Other than that, hey, it has been a really exciting six months, first half of this year. We'd like to thank all of the people who have been guests on the on the podcast. I want to tell those guests, if they're listening, that we've had feedback, uh, general feedback from all of our uh, people who send us emails and comments on Reddit that they really enjoyed the guests that we've had this season. So, um, so thanks to all of the people who've come on here and, uh, and we'll continue it this, this fall. Delightful. Enjoy your summer and remember to use sunblock. And if you're in the Southern hemisphere, have a great winter. Yeah. Good luck. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> see you on the other side. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening in. Thanks for downloading this. Thanks for supporting us because we, we, we like this. We like doing this. We like... See you all in the, in the Minion meme. Uh, what did we say? September? October? September. 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 It's one, um, of the, one of the Tembers. Should we ask everyone to send us lots of questions? Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Yes, hey, send everyone. us lots of questions. Send us lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> See you all in September. Have a great time dwarfing around... Tell us all about it. We love to hear about it. See you then, and have a good night. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All craft swordship is of the highest quality. Thanks, Alfonso.